So now, welcome to Tech Point Charlie, or should I say Quick Point Charlie? Quick Point Charlie. Yeah. What is Quick Point Charlie, you ask? Basically, we thought about having an episode or several episodes where we're just going to have a 20-minute conversation about a topic, and we're not going to make a big deal out of it, so it's going to be very fun. We're going to release them whenever, I guess, like whenever we have a very short topic. Um, yeah, I guess it's for those in-between things that are like, we want to keep it small, but we still want to share with you, and yeah. Yeah. So, Quick Point Charlie episode one is about what? We are going to talk about biases today. Awesome. And specifically even like interview biases, I assume. Yeah. So yeah. we're going to, last time, well, I guess the episode that this comes after, it was the hiring process. And we realized that we want to talk about interviews after hiring. And in interviews, you have a lot of biases. And this is what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. It's like basically a preparation episode. Kind of hear, hear this about biases because we're probably not going to touch that a lot in the interview one because we want to actually hone in on actual interviews and what we expect from interview and yada, yada, yada. So hear this if you care about interviewing biases. What are biases? Maybe someone doesn't know that. Um, do you want to take it over? No, Schweiger is uh, nodding her head. Basically, a bias is a state of mind. When you see a person and a person tells you a story by the way that person looks or the way the person expresses themselves, but not by the actions or the, the criteria or the, the qualitative or even quantitative um, score that the person can bring into the table. A bias is basically a, some baggage that the interviewer brings into the interview that is not actually relevant to the person sitting in front of him, but just some state of mind or a, a collective memory of a, of a place that the person comes from, or even like a... Yeah, basically like an assumption that you make based on an assumption. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so it's something you assume about that person, although it not might not be true or you don't have any evidence for that, other than stuff that are like on the surface, like the color of the person, the gender of the person, where they're from, the way that they speak, stuff the like age, that. age, I guess. Their age, yes, yeah. definitely. Mm -hmm. Did they come from the same industry? I don't know, the way they wrote their CV. So... Uh, it basically is a way for us to calculate information quite easily and the uh, biases are there for a reason because they serve us uh, well in life. So you can't process all the information that you have every day that you're um, exposed to. And uh, yeah, but... So why is it important? Why do we care, Yael? Why, why do we care about biases? When, when you're interviewing someone and you have like, a, I don't know, the person gives me the heebie-jeebies. Why, why do you try to keep yourself in check? Well, maybe it's something that's super obvious uh, to us, but is worth mentioning, I guess, to the people who are listening. Uh, it's um, Each and every one of us has biases, and it doesn't matter if you're like well-informed and you care and you really, really try to avoid biases. Um, you will categorize people uh, nevertheless. And it really hinders us from making the right decisions or from giving people the right opportunities to prove that they're qualified or capable to do the job. Yeah, definitely. And take into account the concept of even like extrovert versus introvert. For example, I'm an extrovert and 
a very normal bias is to hire a person like you because you know yourself and someone, for example, when I look at extroverts, I find them more compelling because I know that behavior. But they, the people that I'm interviewing might not be the right people and I only, I only hire a person or I only actually just yeah. grade a person higher than the other one because it's a behavior I know or it's an actual like, it's even like the way a person holds their body, you know, like if I sit in a way that is, is like someone sits in a similar way that I do, I actually look at it and I see familiarity in it. Yeah. And that's like a very kind of concept, like a very... Um, yeah, it goes back to the psychology, like the basic of psychology, like us versus them. Yeah. So uh, like biology, group driven psychology or sociology, where you want to be around and connect with people who are like minded or look like you or feel like you or speak like you. Uh, we're not going to get into why, but basically that's the tendency. Yeah, I guess we will in our culture episode that we're keeping on like uh but that's a while from now <laughs> no <laughs> no i know we're talking about our culture episode once in a while just to keep you all in check that and, and that to keep you all uh, informed that there will be a culture episode there will be definitely <laughs> yes. working on that one uh yeah so however so we tend to choose people that uh agree with us and behave the same way as us or look like us or remind us of ourselves or our family or our uh, friends um, and that is itself is uh, the nature, I guess, of, of each and every one of us. And when you're uh, creating a team, it's very important to actually keep it diverse. So you have different characteristics and personalities and genders and cultures because, uh, well, it depends on the uh, product that you're uh, working on. But even if it's not for a specific type of culture, it's, it's still it enriches the way that you make things because you have different opinions and different points of views of how things can be done or looked at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I guess in a nutshell, that's why it's important to actually have a diverse team. But given that, it's kind of hard, personally, uh, to choose someone who's not like you or to even judge that. Definitely. And that's, that's when we talked about processes of hiring. We actually said that you need to have a diverse team when you're hiring, right? That's yeah. uh, part of the uh, a way to uh, kind of minimize biases. Yeah. All right. So we wanted to name a few biases that we feel that are like very common and that we encounter a lot. I guess we don't have to go thoroughly through each of them, but it's good to, to mention them. So you already mentioned one, uh, one being extrovert versus an introvert. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think maybe you can kind of enrich us from like maybe a personal bias that you live as a, as a woman in tech, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's a, a gender bias that's completely different, maybe, <laughs> although it's related. Uh, so I'm an extrovert, as you can tell. <laughs> I guess <laughs> oh. it's hard to be an introvert having a podcast, right? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm maybe there is like an introvert podcast. It could be. Yeah, but I guess I feel comfortable carrying myself around and speaking out loud in front of people. It is a skill that I've developed along the years. I wasn't always as easygoing with doing that. So maybe it's also important to mention. But I did. I was born with a tendency to <laughs> speak to people and be friendly and I guess uh, be more outgoing rather than an extrovert. Um, and the thing is rather that... Rather than an introvert. I guess. Introvert, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah sorry. Uh, anyway, I found myself that um, actually having or experiencing that bias uh, in the in my past years of experience towards people who are introverted and I always thought that there maybe there are not as smart or not as invested actually if they don't communicate much or ask many questions maybe they don't care as much they just want to do their hours and go home um, 
maybe they're um, not up for a challenge. Maybe they don't want to challenge things or comfortable th the way things are. And as I got to know people, actually engineers in specific, uh, that a lot of them were introverts or I guess more quiet kind of, you know, yeah, doing their job. Reserved. And reserved and, yeah. is, the, is the word, definitely. I found out that it's definitely not the case. It's just uh, about creating a different type of opportunity because when you stand in a circle or in a meeting room and you're very loud or... Yeah, I guess loud is the word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a word that describes it, yes. Yeah, loud or well-spoken and you're yeah. kind of like filling in the silence and don't enable it even or don't use a methodology that uh, gives each person the time to speak or voice their opinion in different ways then the people with the loudest voice or that are the most comfortable speak and they are the ones that are being heard and it kind of looks like the rest don't can't or won't participate and that's not true um, and this is something that I guess with some uh, we did a design sprint a little while ago and they have some nice methodologies that kind of uh, work against biases so like silent voting or writing your opinion or choice on a post-it before sharing with everyone uh, with everyone else and that uh, enables everyone to voice their opinion um, and these are things that well you can't take them as is into interviews but experiencing those made me realize how biased I was against I guess introverts for example yeah no uh, yeah I, I think it's uh, very similar to for me um, maybe having a, well, actually my best friend is an introvert and it got me like to realize that it does, it's not that he doesn't care. He's actually, he cares a lot. It's just the fact that he doesn't find himself, it, it's not a comfort zone for him to be in. And, and, yeah. um, it doesn't say anything about his professional level. It just means that that's not the scenario he lives in or he, sec he succeeds in. But that doesn't mean anything about him as a technical person or him as a person who actually shares ideas, but he shares his ideas in a, in, in a different way than I do. Yeah. And it's super important in an environment where we have all the voices shared to, to create also space for people to share ideas. And an interview is another place like that where right. we interview a person. We need to create an environment that allows introverts and extroverts to be able to, to share their ideas and to be judged according to the ideas and not how they deliver them, maybe. Yeah. I guess we say a lot that uh, we said in the uh, three past episodes that we should communicate, 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 which means, I guess, translates as talking. And we also said, you know, uh, get up from the chair and go and talk to someone. Oh, yes, we did. Yeah, we said that <laughs> very explicitly. The thing is that when you're considering that extrovert versus introvert, it, it means that sometimes that's not the way. So some, maybe someone's more comfortable when you chat with them yeah. or email with them or, I don't know, do it in some other way. Mm -hmm. uh, the thing is that in an interview, you're supposed to have a conversation. And that presents a challenge in that sense. Yeah, it's not easy. No, it's not easy. And it should be the same standardized questions, right, that everyone is being asked. And you have to... If you're aware of this, um, I guess going into this, you can channel your energy to focusing on the answers and enabling people to feel comfortable. Yes. So they can uh, bring out the best answer. So if they, for example, you ask them a complex question and you are expecting a complex, complex answer or a few part 
uh, answer, for example, and they just start and they seem lost, you could also say, ah, I guess they're not well spoken or they don't know what they're talking about, uh, never mind. Or you can do the extra mile and say, maybe it's that type of person, maybe they need like to warm up a little bit or see that they can trust me. And you can just say, all right, so you named this and this and this. How about, is there anything else? Take, you can say, take a moment. It's okay to think in silence. We don't mind. Take your time. Do you want water in the meantime? So just to enable that environment for people to open up a little bit and feel safe. Yeah, that's very interesting because I just, I just had a thought. I don't know. Um, you had a thought? <laughs> it's insane, I know. <laughs> and I'm, I'm wondering if I, I'm like literally thinking about, okay, let's say you are interviewing a person and you clearly... Um, you see that that person is an introvert and you're hiring for a team of extroverts and you're telling yourself this person in that team will be shredded to pieces because the team will just chew That's that harsh. person. Yeah, I know, but like, I yeah. mean it in a way that, you know, the teams are like, the team is a cohesive, a cohesive mess. And I mean a mess like, like physics mess, you know, like a gel, yeah. like they're gelled together. They, they, they love discussing stuff. They talk out loud and that person will not fit in that team. Is this something you take into account? Because now we're talking about biases, but also like a personality trait as well. Uh, well, yeah, I've, it's definitely something to be taken into account, but it's two different things. I mean, when you interview, you should gather all that information and note it. And when you finish the interview process, then you should take the time to consider whether it's the right team or the right person for that team mm -hmm. or not. Yeah, I mean, it It could go either way. There is no one answer for this. There are teams that could use someone new coming in with a different personality to change the dynamics a little bit and like maybe get people to the ground and like get them grounded a little bit more, uh, change the processes a little bit. Maybe they're, I don't know, in too deep in, in doing one thing the in one way. So that could be a good thing. But you have to facilitate that and take into account that it would change the dynamics and you would have to invest in this a little bit. Uh, or you can say, you know what? No, it's it's not the right thing. Maybe there's another team. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's not a right fit. It, it could happen. You also want the be what's best for that person. Yeah. And you can ask them, actually. And the person, I guess. I mean, the person. I yeah. meant to ask the person that you're interviewing. Maybe not during the interview. Maybe after, if you're having second thoughts or consideration can just call them up and say look the team is like this um but i guess uh, this is something that's a part of the process they should get to know the team and in mm -hmm. that sense they can also decide if they're uncomfortable yeah no that, um, that sounds lovely that's a good yeah. it sounds like a great i plan. do want to tell you something about biases in in this uh thing for an interview that yeah. sometimes there are roles where you do need someone to be an extrovert yes. so not maybe properly an extrovert like you know by definition, but you need them to be able to carry out a task that requires speaking in front of people, gathering people, initiating contact and communication, uh, doing things informally, not only if they're pushed to do that. And those things matter. So, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I have seen. So I guess my kind, <laughs> putting in quotation, like product owners um, are mostly extroverts. Um, I, I, I've met people who are are not extroverts, uh, so they're introverts. And I guess I'm saying that a lot, <laughs> that word. But I mean, from the people that I have met in my role, they're mostly extroverts. Yeah. Um, yeah but the thing is, I have met some product uh, owners that are introverts, and they're still amazing at their jobs. 
Yeah. And it's important to know that because I guess it's uh, one of the roles where you would expect someone to be an extrovert. Yeah. And, and I, think, I, I think I read some like, post a long time ago about a person writing about being a manager and an introvert. It's not impossible. It's actually a really interesting one, and I'll yeah. find it and link it definitely to this article. Yep. Um, one of the best product managers I've ever worked with um, is an introvert, and it was a lovely experience. And he was a very open person, and once he, he opened up to us, it was, and then it was very easy. It's not, it doesn't mean like if you're an introvert, then that means that you're just sitting quietly and you're not saying anything. It's just, it means that you yeah. take your time to open up a bit. Yeah, and you're not difficult to work with. It's yeah, no, no none of it. Yeah, that. it doesn't mean that you're also going to sit quietly forever. So yeah. it's, it's just basically, it's, it's a different pace, I guess, for, yeah. for, for like opening up to people and to the team and to, to shared experiences with the team. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like one of the best product managers I've ever worked with um, was, I guess, still is an introvert and yeah, yeah. best product person I uh, maybe I even work with. Like I guess in the context of an interview, we just maybe expect people to come and present their best self. Yeah. And that usually means that we assume, again, assume yeah. that they would come and just sell themselves. And yeah. some people just find it hard to do and it doesn't mean that they're not perfect for the job or for your team. Yeah. So what are other biases that we can talk about in our uh, quick episode of biases? How about people that are like under 20 or over 30? <laughs> I guess under four, uh, over 40. Even, yeah, over 40. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't think there are biases against 30-year-olds in this industry. Maybe 30-year-olds, 30-year-old women, definitely. Or parents. Yeah. But yeah, um, I guess I guess we're talking about like the age bias, right? Yeah, the age bias exactly. So, yeah, no, that's a that's that's a clear bias. Again, I think for me as a as a thirty four year old, uh, I'm like uh, I find it more. So uh, to be honest, when I was twenty three ish and I just started whatever twenty two when I started my career, I used to think about how at forty this is the death of like uh, the technology worker. Mm-hmm. At least that was the myth in Israel. Like, when you get to 40, you're jobless. Today, I'm closer to 40, and I don't think that's the case anymore, but uh, I think it's it's um, kind of like... Um, well, we also develop with the market. Which yeah, is we develop every, with the market, yeah. but I think Everyone that's state of mind. Everyone who was 20 mind. moved to a 30, exactly. but... But it is like a double-binded sword a little bit, right? Like, you kind of... Yeah. Because when you think that, then when you interview a person, you're like, oh, that person is probably not going to stay here for a while because they're like about to die. Like their career is about Maybe to end. Maybe not say die. Yeah. <laughs> uh, their career is about to end. <laughs> if you see someone with 10 years experience in the same company, doesn't it ring a bell? Like, like this, like... It Maybe something is all there, right? It's funny because it raises a flag for me, uh, but also seeing that people are less than a year in some place or like exactly one year in each place. It's just a pattern. Like the, both these patterns make me wonder. And in, yes. in, in that sense, it doesn't, again, it doesn't mean something because you can be in a, the same job for five or 10 years and do different roles yeah, exactly. in that company yeah. or have excellent expertise or be, you know, fully trapped in one type of company where uh, you don't know how to do things outside that company. Yeah. Yeah, and that's 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 part of it. And it's okay to ask questions. Talking about interviews, yeah, it's okay to poke. That like talking about biases doesn't mean that you don't need to poke about those things. But it's it's just basically the concept of you don't need to judge someone a, in a different way that you you judge someone else, right? So if someone has ten years of experience in the same place, 
I still want to ask what that person did for the 10 years. And it's similar as a person that was working in five different places in 10 years. I will still test that person according to the same technical skill set that I would expect. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't go deep, uh, deeper than with other people, right? Like I wouldn't like, oh, he was 10 years at this place. He probably didn't learn anything about those things or I'll assume things about it. No, I'll do the same test and I'll ask some questions. Why 10 years? What he right. did? Like did his experience vary there or not or she, um, um, his or hers, sorry. And the idea is basically that the candidate uh, that's sitting in front of you will not be burdened by um, your assumptions. Your of assumption, what's right for exactly, them, for, of for, what you imagine. Yeah, what you imagine, exactly. because you can't put yourself in their 10 years and then like make their decisions for them. Right. Definitely not. Right. All you need to do or all you want to do as an interviewer is to find the right candidate and to ask questions that you can compare to different candidates and then see whether that person fits as far as the um, qualitative part of what you want and like basically like he has the same qualities or the qualities I want and he can from a quantitative level he, ex he scores uh, in tests A or B for engineering at least like are above the limit I wanted or better yeah. than anyone else or blah 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 yeah and then holistically looking at the person if they fit but that's yeah. like uh, the hiring process thing yeah um yeah so do we want to talk about some biases more or are we done with our quick quick point charlie episode yeah so let's summarize our episode one of quick point charlie talking about biases basically we kind of we already basically summarized the types of biases the idea of the concept of ha having awareness to biases is not that you can just clear them and now you're bias free it's just remembering that you have a bias it's normal to have a bias it's yeah, basic human it. nature accept it and when you make a decision about interview like when you're interviewing when you're talking to people always ask yourself is it the same way i treated person x or y before or after um and then kind of try to to figure out wh why why not it could be that sometimes it's different because a person just in uh, rubbed you the wrong way like it's okay if someone like you don't have a click with a person because something a person says this is where a gut feeling and a bias it's it's really entangled and it's difficult but then if you have a bad feeling ask yourself what are the reasoning and if it's from actions and if it's from behaviors then it's one thing and if it's from I don't know, different, like just feelings you get and, and you can actually then hone into why that it could actually lead you to hire a good candidate that you would want and yeah. actually just find a good person that you wouldn't have seen because we all, we are all wired in a way that is just like kind of, I don't know, um, leading us to, to think about people some in some ways. Yeah. And uh, the easy way of dealing with this is to be aware. And yeah. you can use this magic tool called Google, <laughs> like biases in interviews or personal biases or group biases, and just read a little bit, see if any of those things speak to you. And even if they don't, just refresh your memory around what they are and how to avoid them when you, uh, yeah, when you're in an interview process. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the Quick Point Charlie. Don't forget to follow us on techpoint underscore C on Twitter. TechPointCharlie.blog, our website, TechPointCharlie, the Facebook group, and anywhere else. And if you have any topics that you want us to talk about, then feel free to ping us. And, and see you next time. See you next time. Bye-bye. Boop, boop.